Welcome to Bar Fights with attorney and advocate Sarah Klein. Taking on issues that matter and advocating for legal, cultural, and political change everywhere in order to protect children and vulnerable adults. Joining the conversation are survivors, advocates, lawyers, media personalities, athletes, celebrities, authors, wellness aficionados, and many more. Because bringing real justice takes a team of experts who care. Now, leading the fight is your host, Sarah Klein. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Bar Fights. Happy January, middle of January here on the East Coast. It's gray. It is cold. It is dark. And so we are hoping to bring you some light wherever you are today. I hope January is going well and all of those good old resolutions are working out. I'm still doing my Peloton three times a week, which is a big win after not having exercised for what, 20 years. (laughs) So all is well here. I have just such an uplifting guest for you guys today. I wanted to just mix it up. And I promised you when I started this show, we were going to have people doing all sorts of things all fields, all perspectives. And so today my guest is named Drayvon James, and she is so cool. She is a motivational speaker, a radio host, a life coach, and the author of Freedom is Your Birthright. Her goal, which is very similar to the goal of this show, is to educate you, to empower you, and to inspire you to build the life of your dreams. Who doesn't want that? And since we're in January, there's no better time for us to get life coached and motivated and all the things Drayvon is going to do for us today. Drayvon, welcome to Bar Fights. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited for our time together. Yay. So tell us the billion dollar question. How can we here in January of 2022 position ourselves to have the best year yet, or at least a really, really awesome year? I always say it's my goal that every year is better than the one before. And if that's all I do, I'm winning. How do we set ourselves up for an awesome year? I'm so glad we're starting here. And I'm so glad that you said the best year yet, because I always have people say, I want to have my best year this year. I'm like, no, 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 this will be the best year yet, because next year is going to be even better than this year. And then the year after that, and the year after that. So yes, let's position ourselves that way, right? I love and the, it. <laughs> and the first thing I tell people is to start off with some great intentions, set your intention. You know, you mentioned my book, Freedom is Your Birthright. And I love people to know that is that we are free to take the ingredients of life this year, whatever shows up and mix it up to make whatever we want to make with those ingredients, right? We don't get to choose what shows up, but we get to choose how we, how we utilize what shows up. So set your intentions, set, you know, we talked about all year, all month in December, about resolutions. I heard you mention yours a little bit there and how to set those. And what I always recommend people is to look at what I call the big three or the pyramid of success and and everyday peace, which is health, wealth, and relationships to look at those categories and decide what in each of those categories is helping you move closer to your goals 
and what in each of those categories is moving you further away from your goal. And when we say it that way, I hope it sounds as simple as it is because these are adult decisions, right? This is moving me closer to my goal. I'm going to do more of this. This is moving me away from my goal. I'm going to do less of that to the point of elimination because it's going in the opposite direction. Direction, And if I go two, forwards, two, uh, two steps in the direction that's beneficial and two steps in the direction that's not beneficial, I end up staying in the same place. So it does take some self-awareness. And this is good news because being self-aware means that we are formulating a strong, healthy relationship with the most important person on the earth in our lives, and that's ourselves. So take that time, start evaluating. And I love using these categories, the health, wealth, and relationship. Start with one category. Do not rush yourself. Do not get impatient with yourself, but start reviewing. What are my intentions this year for my health? Ah, okay. That's a good intention, whatever it is. You know, I, I have a lot of clients, weight always comes up. And so um, what are your weight goals? And, and don't stick to the numbers so much. Ask yourself, what will achieving that, what will it do for my life? Oh, I want to be a person who has more energy, for say, if that's your example. Well, what is a person who has more energy? What, what are their habits? Hmm. And start becoming that person. Start going through that through that category in your life and saying, okay, when I do this, when I don't get eight hours of sleep, it makes me feel sluggish. Okay, let's stop doing that. Let's start doing more of the sleep hygiene, getting enough sleep, you know, making sure the room is the right temperature, all of those things. So really start to develop that relationship. It is work, but it is the happiest, most fun work you will ever do when you learn to fall in love with yourself and you learn to nurture yourself. Mm, That is so good. Okay. So how, here's my first question is that is such a great tool. And I think for those of us that are in an office all day, it's great to have a notebook and maybe ask ourselves that question every day. How am I embodying the habits of a person with energy or, you know, a person who is organized or whatever that identity that we're aspiring to be is. But here's where I get tripped up. Okay. And you can life coach me through this. How do we make sure that we are being honest with ourselves? Right. I I guess in terms of my habits, like, oh, I'm, I, my results might be there work-wise, but my habits are of a disorganized person, right? How do you call yourself out? I guess, I guess, how do you, how do you correct yourself when you see yourself, you know, going down the path of not embodying those habits? Does that question even make sense? It so makes so much sense. I'm so glad that you asked this question, right? Oh my gosh, we could just talk about this question for the whole show. I know we won't, we got other important stuff to talk about, but I got to tell you that most people have this running through the back of their minds, right? Because of so many reasons. So I'm going to try to really simplify this because I want everybody to get this. Our brain has a desire to protect us, Mm. right? It wants us to at the end of the day be in be survived to still be here the brain does not like surprises it likes a pretty predictable path that way it can do its job easily it can keep you safe and make sure that day after day we exist 
That's what you need to know. So whenever the brain has to manipulate something to make whatever it has to do to make you and I stay here, it is good at its job. It, it will do that. It will manipulate things. It will tell you stories about things. It will just go off on this wild tangent to have you have these beliefs that will keep you safe. It may sound good, but I hope that it sounds for some of us like, oh, it could be a little limiting. Like if I, and we'll just stick with the, with the weight, not, not that that's super duper important. Yeah, no, that, I, w- I would like to stick with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so if we say that, okay, um, the, we've come accustomed to, and I'll throw some of my own stuff in here because this is an issue for all of us eating and what we eat, but you know, we're used to having a little night snack and the brain is accustomed to that and it wants to make me happy. And now I want to go off on this whole tangent and say that I could survive on a cup of tea after, after six o'clock. My brain's like, what? you cannot survive on tea after six o'clock right we need the brownie or we need this right so it's really trying to to self-soothe me to keep me safe to keep me prepared but I have to do something that is so adult and this is what I want people to know that the brain and sometimes I use the word ego interchangeably but uh, we'll stick with the word brain but I like the word ego because we have to not fight the brain. That's not how we win. Pretend as though the brain were like a middle schooler and having a bad day. Right? So you don't you don't get up there and you say, oh, you know, you're, you're, you're such a loser. You're such a this. You don't do that. What you do instead is you say, I understand. I understand that whatever we're trying to do now is could be a little scary to you. And maybe even you're trying to convince me that I shouldn't do this but I need you to relax. And this is all self-talk. I want us to get so friendly with ourselves in 2022, become our best friend, be able to talk in those soothing tones, use the words of affirmation that we would use on a stranger who was in distress or a loved one who was in distress. We are that love, that, that, that loved one. We are that person that we need to really be soothing to get our brain to calm down and allow us to move in in the direction of our choosing. Now, here's how you know. Your question initially was, how do we know if we're just not lying to ourselves? Here's how you know. Because the brain can be very manipulative, but the body is not. The body tells the truth. So really pay attention to where truth shows up in your body. For me, it is in my gut. Like I can feel it in my gut when, you know, fear is making me make this decision, right? Honest to God, I, I go to work very early in the morning. At six o'clock in the morning, I was eating a bag of potato chips. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, because it was in my car. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but my brain was rationalized. Well, you're so hungry. But there, I had this feeling to say, you know, you'll be at your office in 20 minutes. In 20 minutes, you could get a piece of fruit. You could do this. Right. And so what I had to do at that point was say, okay forgive myself. Do not chastise myself. You've already eaten half the bag of chips. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. can stop now. Right. And then really be forgiving to myself, kind to myself. It's not the end of the world. That will put, help me to get back on track. Right. So all of this, listen more to the, to the body's response, not so much to the brain. 
right? I know that sounds counterintuitive, right? But that really does work. We're listening for cues in our body because our body really wants us to win. The truth is in there. Our bodies support us. Our brains support us too, but they support us in a different way. The brain is like, I don't want you to do things that you don't want to do. I don't want you to do things that are going to make you sad. I want you to keep to stay safe. And if I need to talk you out of that by telling you you're not good at it, by giving you a whole story of fear, then that's what I'm going to do. Mm. Right. So that's the story of the brain, and, and you know, I call it the ego, and you know, but it's really the the brain and the gut. So some people feel it differently at different parts of their body. For me, I feel that mostly in my stomach, but I get clients who say, oh, I feel it in my shoulders yeah. when, I, when I know that um, my body wants me to do something different. In 2022, let's start listening to our bodies. And one, if you're not accustomed to doing that, this whole thing could sound odd to you, but just learning how to sit in silence right? Just set a timer and just say, I'm going to sit here in five minutes in silence. Your body will start telling you all kinds of things. Now your mind will kick in first. People say they can't meditate. I know I'm going all over the place. But I want to get all this stuff in there. This is so good. I'm like over here taking notes. I have my notebook out. I'm literally taking notes. Just the, the, the concept that our brain is our number one protector. So mm-hmm. we can appreciate that about it. And yeah. then... Slow it down and say, thank you. However, I'm going to tap in to my body or my intuition or what I most need today without that intellectual part of my brain talking, 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 right? Right. Um, That's a big aha moment. You could think of the brain as being an overprotective mother. I can say this because I'm a mother of a 21-year-old and a 19-year-old, right? And my 19-year-old is, um, he just turned 19 in December. He is a fresh, first year in college, right? And so there's a part of me who still sees him as 16 or 17 sometime, right? And I want to do that whole mommy routine for the 16 or 17-year-old, right? He has to say, hey, mom, 19. I'm like, oh, yeah. 19, <laughs> you're six, four. So I think, you know, so, and you can think of the brain is that way too, right? Because I constantly want to, you know, coddle him and protect him. Same thing with my 21 year old daughter. I constantly want to, you know, but that's the brain. The brain really wants to keep you safe. Now they need to advance. They need to grow. They need to experience life. Right. And so that's the same with the brain. We have to say, oh, hey, 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 I, I, I understand. I understand you really want me to be safe, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you know, I'm going to move over here in this direction. We're going to stay closely connected. I'm not, I'm not throwing you away. The brain is very, very useful. So I don't, I don't go in for that, you know, oh, you know, make it your enemy. Absolutely not. Make it your Mm -hmm. friend, but then move forward and create an environment where you can really listen to your gut. You can really tap into that area of your gut. Mm, That's so good. So We're talking about a lot of different things here. We're talking about habits. We're talking about tapping into our bodies. We're talking about being really honest with ourselves. One thing I wrote down that I love, becoming our own best friend in 2022. I have two daughters and I think about something you said, you know, would you talk to your best friend like this? Would you talk to your child like this? Our inner monologues are often 
the cruelest of all in, in, in the things we say to ourselves are things we often would never say to another person, especially not our dear friends, our, our kids, our loved ones. Um, what about sort of this idea of adversity? I think we've got this heaviness around us due to sort of what's going on in the world. There are schools shutting down again and just sort of this collective heaviness. I don't even know if you, I'd go so far as to call it a collective sort of depression, um, a lot of anxiety. How do you coach your clients in terms of sort of getting through any kind of adversity that we're facing, whether it be sort of this, this, you know, pandemic collective adversity or a divorce, you know, loss, trauma, you know, things coming back up from the past people out of work right now, financial concerns, how, how do we move through adversity in 2022 while also maintaining sort of that, that calm we're talking about, calming that inner dialogue and really tapping into our bodies and, and taking steps in ways that move us forward and nurture us. That was like 50 questions wrapped no, up into no, one, but yeah, start no, wherever I, you want with that. I love this because we're all dealing with this, right? You know, I work in healthcare, I've been working in hospitals for over 30 years as pharmacists and, and running hospital pharmacies. And so definitely can relate to this sense of um, underlying anxiety that exists, right? Uh, and what I always encourage my clients and myself to do is to really when presented with a situation that is adverse is to say, how, how can I be helpful here mm-hmm. in this moment, right? You've told me about something. I hear about something in the news, you know, something's going on, but how, how, where is my power in this moment? What can I do in this moment? Now, honestly, people don't ask that question because there is um, a part of us a tiny part of us that sort of delights in having something in common suffering. Mm. So we get together, you see it and, you know, oh, everyone will complain about, you know, it's, and it's real, it's valid stuff, but, you know, you'll hear, and I'll just use my environment, we'll talk about the COVID pandemic all day long. And a lot of it will just be f- feeding this, beast of fear Mm. so at some point you have to ask yourself when you've got enough of that diet and hopefully you'll get you'll get full of that quickly you ask yourself now where is my power here to to create what it is that i want obviously we can't go out and collectively stop you know the virus but what could i do in this moment because Mm -hmm. here's what i know whatever you tend to focus on you will draw more of that into your life. So if, for example, we're focusing on something that causes us to be fearful, again, remember the brain is here to protect you. It says, oh, you need more, you're looking for something to be fearful about. Got it. And it goes out and gathers all all that it can, COVID-related or not COVID-related, so you can have this bigger sensation of fear. Mm. 
So you ask, go back and say, okay, well, now what can I do? What can I do? It's, it's everywhere. In that moment, sometimes the most that I can do is to hold, I call it holding space for people. You know, I can bring a kind word. I can see a person in my mind is doing better. I can offer a smile. I can offer my assistance. If it's somebody who's nearby here, this is what I can do. Even if I could just get you a bottle of water, can I get you some water? Can I sit with you for a minute, right? things of that nature. Can I, can I sit and hold the vision for people being made whole? Mm. Can I go volunteer somewhere? Can I make a contribution to something? Right? Those things will lift our vibrational energy. It will help us be part of the solution instead of perpetuating the perceived problem. I say perceived problem because there's so many things going on in the world, but if we really look closely, out of those perceived problems, so much good does come. Mm. It does. We get united. I say that during this time of COVID, my goodness, I've not seen this before. More and more families spending more and more time together. Why? You can't go anywhere, right? So you start to think to yourself, well, the people that I live with, let me get to know them a little bit better. And you realize, gosh, I really like these people, right? So there is some good. If we open our minds and our hearts up to it, of course, none of us would choose adversity. We wouldn't. We're, we're sane people, right? Yeah. We would not choose things that cause us to hurt, right? But in everything, and this is one of the principles of everyday peace, is that everything, the good, the bad, and everything in between that shows up in our lives has shown up for one reason. And that reason is to bow down in service as we consciously create our next level of greatness. That means we get to choose what we do with the adversity. It could destroy us, absolutely, if we let it. Or we could say, you know what? The fact that I get to tell you about how bad 2020 was means that I survived it. So mm -hmm. I'm now going to talk to you from the place of a victor as opposed to a victim. Because the victor tells the story. I get to tell you the story. I get to tell you all of the meaning that it had. I get to tell you what I decided to do with that very unfortunate adverse event that occurred in my life. Wouldn't wish it on anybody. It, it showed up, but this is what I did with it. I have the chills sitting here right now. I talk so much about the idea of, of being a survivor instead of sort of falling victim to the life circumstances that were thrown our way. Many of us as children, when we didn't have, you know, any choices, right? It was, it was survival of the fittest, but I love that victor over victim. And something you said, I wrote down, I think is if listeners just ask themselves this one question, they will be winning, which is where is my power in this moment? And a lot of my listeners have experienced sexual trauma Every human on planet earth has experienced some adversity or some trauma. And I think the, the key to at least beginning to become that victor over victim is by claiming that power. 
or taking that power back. If somebody took it from you, where is my power in this moment? It, that snaps you right out of your story of hard knocks, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even if it doesn't take all the pain away, because, you know, pain is real. Yeah. It's just, you know, we all have these, um, and I can appreciate, you know, I, I know your story and I know the stories of many of your, your listening audience and some really unfortunate things have happened. And we don't try to brush over that and say, oh, this didn't happen. Of course it happened. These are the facts. And I'm older. And, and maybe you have some listeners who can remember this show that used to come on. Gosh, it's called Dragnet. And the guy would say at the beginning of the show, or sometime in the show, he would say, only the facts, ma'am. And I live my life with that rolling through my head. Like, these are the facts, right? This has happened. I must acknowledge that it has happened. Now, here's where I have my freedom. Yes. And this is what I wrote my whole book about was, I get to tell you what I'm going to do with that. It doesn't mean that it didn't hurt, but I'm going, I have to consciously sometimes moment by moment or second by second, make the decision and recommit to the truth, which is that it happened and I'm still here, which makes me the victor. So here's the story that I'm saying as, an, as, as a result of this, this is who I am, the victor. And I get to tell you my story as the victor. Mm, I love that. And, and something you said at the beginning, you know, how do we embody that identity? So we were talking about it in terms of how do I embody the habits of somebody with a lot of energy? How do I embody being a victor? What would that look like? How would I carry myself? What kind of confidence would I show up with? You know, how, what kind of compassion and empathy would I have for others? How would I show up in life as a victor? I love that. I think I'm going to put that on a post-it note and stick (laughs) it right on my computer. How would a victor be showing up and how can I embody Victor. And I don't think there's anybody that doesn't need a little bit more of that in their lives. Right. Um, I think of this book that Shonda Rhimes, the creator of Grey's Anatomy and um, Bridgerton and Scandal and all those great shows. She wrote this book um, a couple of years ago called The Year of Yes. And there was one part of it where she was talking about in order to like talk herself into being able to do this really hard thing that she was going to go do, how she would physically stand in her hotel room with her hands on her hips, like superwoman. And, and just standing like that helped her embody sort of this mindset of being confident and strong and all of these things. And that would help her have the courage to, to get out there and do whatever hard things she was going to do. Um, but it's kind of that same concept. How can we embody that thing, that person, that way we desire to be showing up in the world as that's so gosh, important. Yeah, it, it is important. And I think that sometimes we get down on ourselves because um, quite honestly, we're doing it more often than we give ourselves credit for. Uh-huh. But we get down on ourselves because we feel like, well, why is today hard? Why do I feel, why is everything so heavy today? I must be a failure. I must not be doing good at this. And what we constantly have to remind ourselves is that emotions are just like clouds in the sky, right? Um, they come, we acknowledge them, right? 
we watch them and then they move on. Another emotion is right behind it. It comes, you know, not even, you know, none of them come to settle in, except for if we trap them in. If we start to do a lot of, give it a lot of energy, Mm. then we trap that emotion there and it sits and it stays. And now now we got to kind of evict it. We got to do all this work to evict it. But just, I find acknowledging and saying to, oh, look at that. There is sadness again, or there is this regret again. Oh my gosh, I'm feeling all of the pain of, wow. Wow. And, and then patting myself or hugging myself and saying, you know what? My goodness, you are amazing. Are you kidding me? You are amazing. And having to do that over and over and over again and giving and smiling every time we do it, because even doing that exercise is proof positive that yes, we are amazing, right? And just so people know, it's hard to do in the moment, right? So I have this little thing that I do for myself and I started doing it years ago and I teach it to my clients. I create an, an active gratitude postcard. First thing in the morning, I have in my nightstand. So the clock goes off, I grab the pen, I grab the uh, little index card and I write on one side of it, what I am thankful for that happened yesterday. Right, because mm-hmm. the mind likes to deal in the past, right? So I pick out three things that happened yesterday and I write it on the card. This is what I'm thankful for it happened yesterday, right? And then I flip the card over and I write, This is what I am grateful for that will happen today. Oh, right. So I take care of the past and I take care of the future because that's what the brain loves. The brain loves the past because it can get us so trapped there. We could either say, oh, it was the worst time of my life. That's why I'll never be anything. Or it can get us trapped there and say, you know, I used to be a cheerleader. I used to be this. Look at me now, right? So whatever it is, it can get you stuck there. And it can get you so afraid of the future. It's like, I don't know the answers to nothing. I can't do anything. I, I can't figure anything out. I'll be so I automatically play that game with my brain because I know it likes to do that. I say, well, here's your past. When you go to the past today, this is what we're going to. When you want to go to the future, this is where we're going. Or we can stay right here in the present where all my power is. You choose, but I got all these three spaces covered for you today. Mm. Oh my gosh. If you guys listening could see my shit eating grin on my <laughs> listening to this. This is, I, this is so good. And I feel so inspired. I love this. And I wrote down emotions are like clouds. You know, I hear so often I'm depressed. I'm in such a dark place. I can't get out. I'm stuck. I'm down. I hate myself. I, this, I, that. And then when you think about it, like clouds, A, it sort of externalizes the emotions and B, you're like, oh, I can just sit here and watch those puppies pass me by, (laughs) right? They come in, I feel them, and then I'm allowing them to maybe pass. Um, And and instead of identifying with them fully, like I see so many people do buying into them hook, line, and sinker and and getting stuck, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, because we're looking for a reason, you know, we is that we have to validate why we are sad. Why are you sad? I'm sad because I'm a human and that's a human emotion. And if I let it, if I watch it, 
there's an emotion right behind it. What happens oh. is that we go in, you know, we're all the same. We start thinking, oh, yeah, I got all these reasons to be sad. And then all of a sudden that emotion settles in, right? And those are all, the, as I said, only the facts. Those are the facts, but they are the facts. And now we're choosing. We get to choose now. We may not have gotten to choose then, but we get to choose now and say, no, I'm not going to let that take this whole day. Not going to do it. Mm, I love that. Um, you're amazing. We're having you back on this show if you would ever do it again. But one thing I would love is can you leave us all with a challenge, challenge us to something. And then when you come back, we can talk about it and you can give us another challenge. Oh, okay. I love it. I love it. So I'm going to tell you um, something that I tell my, told myself today. Yeah. So 2022, right? What's going to be different this year? That's up to you, but you do know that you have to grow because if you don't grow, you go backwards, right? There's no such thing as staying the same. Everything is energy. We are constantly in motion. So I challenge you this year to do something in this first month of January that you haven't done before that mm. positively impacts one or one of these areas in your life. Don't pick more than one. Don't overwhelm yourself. Your health, your wealth, or your relationship. Pick one. And it's something you can do. Not something, and I say relationship, I already hear somebody in the back of my head saying, oh, I'm going to save my marriage. Eh, that you're going to save yourself. If the marriage falls in, in line, that's great, right? But you're going to go and do something for you. These, these, you can only make goals for you. You can only set intentions for you. So let's get in that place of owning that spot. That's so very important. I have to say that own that spot because that's where all of our power is. It's over us, not over anybody else. So don't, let's not do that. You know, I know that's a, a goal of many of my clients this year, but we're focusing on self because this is the year that we set the foundation for every year to come by doing something different, something new this year, investing you. One of the best ways to invest in you is through mindfulness work. Um, joining a community, much like your program, right? Getting together where people like-minded are moving in a direction that you want to move into, but do something, make a commitment to it. Tiny, 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 don't overwhelm yourself. One thing at a time. Um, if you're looking for something and you don't have anything that comes to your mind, if you visit my website at drdravonjames.com, you'll see free courses on there that we're offering. Uh, one particularly comes into my mind. I'm doing a boot camp this tonight called Earn Like a Boss, but we have other stuff on there that's uh, self-esteem, self-confidence. Go on there, find something if you're if you're struggling and you don't know where to, to go, but pick something this month. Mm. I Do love something. that. Do something you haven't done before. That is our challenge from Dr. Drayvon James. She gave us her website. I was going to ask you, how do we get in touch with you? Um, I love that. Are you on social media as well? I am under the same name, um, Drayvon James, Dr. Drayvon James on Instagram, Facebook. My goodness, there's so many of them out there. <laughs> you can find me on that name under all Perfect. of them. Perfect. Perfect. I love that. Thank you so much. I feel so energized, so uplifted. I have two pages of notes that I took. We would love to have 
you back here on Bar Fights. We need more of you in our lives. Dr. Drayvon James, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thank you for having me. The pleasure is all mine. Of course, I would love to come back. Yay, we'll see you soon. (laughs) And I hope you guys have a great week and we will see you next Monday on Bar Fights. Thank you for listening to Bar Fights with attorney Sarah Klein, taking on issues that matter. Please check out our website at barfightspodcast.com, Instagram at barfightspodcast, or Twitter at barfights underscore pod for the latest show updates and archives.